Welcome to The Session, a basketball podcast. I'm your host, Ben, and I'm joined by your co-host, Omar. How you doing, man? I'm doing great because it is the most wonderful time, time of, the year. of the year. You didn't have to sing it. I was just going to say it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Do you remember like right before we started this podcast, you you asked me, why am I doing these weird noises, right? The bop, beep, boop, bop thing. It's for this very moment. Item head out. Item head out. (laughs) But you are right. It is Christmas, man. And honestly, like, don't you feel like December went by just as fast as November did? Because November flew by for me. Honestly, I feel like December went by even faster. Right? It's already December 22nd, man. It's like, I don't know how it is for for you, but like sometimes like work picks up because everyone's just trying to like grind it out for the holidays. Mm -hmm. So December always ends up being like you work really hard, you work really hard. And then it's just like, you, you don't have anything to do. And then your time off goes by so quick. It's like that in school too. Yep. Because December's exams. So you're so busy grinding through all your exams. And then once your exams are done, your time off just blows by. And then it's the next semester already. And just like that, man, I feel like January is going to go by the slowest. Yes. That's typically yes. what happens, right? December's the fastest. And now January is going to be the slowest month ever. And on top of that, shout out Heartline Good Life. I'm sure there's going to be even more people that's going to be taking up that gym. So I'm so glad. I'm, I'm, I love that people are making New Year's resolutions. Great. And trying to lose weight and trying to get in shape. Yeah. I love that they're going to be taking the three benches that are available there and the like three parking spots available there as well. I love it. Don't look at me like wait, I'm I'm wait, not loving wait, it. I, I love every second I know you're not it. talking about people taking up benches because your current workout program has you doing what? Like 15 sets of bench press well it's 17 if you count the warm-ups but so when someone comes up to you and says how many sets do you have left and you look them in the eyes and you say i have 14 sets left you know what happened though omar like a lot of people this actually happened recently like a week ago i was at the squat uh, i was at the squat rack right and i was asking uh one of the guys there i'm just like yo uh am i able to like work it he's like yo i'm already done man but there's this other guy and I think he he had next. So I looked at him, right? And he was like a nice older gentleman. He looked at me and he's like, you know what, man? It's all yours. Not even lying. Wait. Not even lying. He just stu- he, he just, just went home. He just he's like, I'd head out. <laughs> <laughs> the man took one look at you and said, I'd head out. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I think that um I have gone to the stage now where I am terrifying and everybody at the gym is scared of me. I think that has more to do with your smell than how, <laughs> how terrifying you look. But you know what? That could be it. Take it out. Take it out. That could you be will. it. You know what? You know what? I just thought of. Uh, next episode, we're gonna talk about our New Year's resolutions. That's a good How's idea. That? So let's come up with some. We'll make some. You know, just life related, basketball related, podcast related. Let's come up with some resolutions and tune in next week to listen to our New Year's resolutions. I think that's a fantastic idea. Are you actually one to do like New Year's resolutions? Do you like keep up with them? Do you try your best to actually? Yeah, at least for the first few months. It's like a good reset. (laughs) I I always, I always, you know, people are always like putting New Year's resolutions down where they say like, well, why wait till January 1st? Just start now, right? And that makes sense. But I mean, there is a degree of gravity to like a new year starting and it does mean something to the people that say oh it doesn't mean anything just start now right well it's like well why do we have these celebrations why is it always a big thing right Mm -hmm. when the clock turn hits 12 right and the new year starts it is a big thing so just use that momentum right use that momentum in your life to do something different so i mean i think i 
I'll stick with some of them. Like one of my New Year's resolutions last year was to get more into cooking. And that's yeah. something that I've stayed consistent with the, all year. The reason why I actually asked that question was because I know if there's anybody who would actually like, I feel like you would have a separate journal for each New Year's resolution <laughs> to make sure that you're keeping track of it. You're seeing progress and you're going to see it through all the way to the end. Mr. Accountability. You know, that's that's what I like. I'm to being do. completely serious. Like, that's why I asked. I'm like, yo, yeah. I'm I know for sure if there's anybody who would keep up with their New Year's resolution, it would be it would be you. That's good to know. You know, I've, that's something I've tried to do. I don't know if it was a resolution or anything. That's something and I'm I've sure tried to your do. New Year's resolution last year was to gain weight. And you're clearly keeping up with it. So <laughs> I had to balance it a little bit. I think I was being too you're nice. You're being too nice to me. You just yeah, have to shoot me down. I had okay. to shoot you back Before down. Before that rude interruption, um, what I was going to say was something I've been trying to do a lot more is, you know, just self-reflection and keeping myself honest of like, you know, what did I do today? What did I actually accomplish? Uh, mm. What are my goals for the week? What did I actually get done? And like, you know, that internal focus of keeping myself accountable. And I feel like that's helped me a lot in like a lot of different ways, mm. like staying consistent on my work. Yep. So that's been good. You know, that's going to be a fun episode. Well, you guys can head out now because <laughs> that's much, it. much else planned. Not much else planned. <laughs> um, I mean, like me with New Year's resolutions, uh, I mean, you probably know this about me, but like when I... When I'm into something, I'm like super, super, super into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I kind of take it to the extreme. So if shout I had. Out to Wasi. Shout out to Wasi. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to Wasi. We saw him recently too. Yeah. He <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so like with my New Year's resolutions, if I had one, um, for example, where it'd be like, okay, I want to lose weight. And God knows I needed that for quite some time. Yeah. It took um, you like what? Seven years? It Well. So, you know, like for the first, for me, I'm surprised it's the first few months because for me, it's like the first month where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in. Yeah. Food, none of that. Water, don't need it. Protein Wait. shakes, um, and that's it. And running, and that's it. No water with the protein no shakes? No water. Just raw powder? Just raw powder <laughs> being snorted. <laughs> and I am, I am having all of it. I just take things to the extreme and then shut <laughs> So, you know, like I take it to the extreme and then I just fall off completely. So which whatever New Year's resolution I do have planned, which I guess we'll find out for next episode because I am. It's, it's a pretty interesting thing to talk about. Um, I hope I really do stick with it. I'm consistent with it. We'll see what happens. That's for 2020. Let's focus on right now. OK, okay? so back to Christmas. That's we'll right. talk New Year's next week. Back to Christmas. Sure. You and I recently did uh, Secret Santa. Didn't yes. We? With with thankfully more than just the two of us because that would be a terrible secret Santa. I wonder what you got me I wonder who, who, who got me? I wonder who got me that's, that's that's the question no we had secret Santa it was great mm-hmm. um shout out to Shampavi yeah shout out to Shampavi um because I know she is listening I'm not gonna say if you're listening yeah shout out to true Shampavi. fan she is so a true fan. great host as well so we had uh we did a secret Santa uh amongst our friends group and it was really really fun and it's always i don't know okay so ben and i are kind of the same on this where we don't like coming up with wish lists because we like we like receiving a gift and then it being kind of like a window into how someone thinks about us mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. where it's like i don't want to tell you what to what you should get me i want you to think what i might like like think about what i might like it and get really me that. tells you what that person thinks of you yes right like what do they you know like, so so when robin got you maltesers okay we'll get into that <laughs> we will get into that Omar. okay can we just go back to the good stuff and how it was All a right, good man. event yes God yes damn it. okay so 
Secret Santa was great. And it's I it's really fun to do. But I think what we want to do next year is a white elephant. Mm-hmm. So with that, God damn, that took so long to explain last time. I still don't get it. Oh, my God. Okay, let me try one final time. If this doesn't work, Christmas is canceled. Oh, God. So I, from what I understand, a white elephant, how it works is everybody buys a gift and wraps it up and brings it to the event. And no one knows who brought what. All the gifts are in one pile. Okay. Then everyone draws a number from there. Like if it's 10 of us, we all draw a number 1 to 10. Then the first person goes up and gets to pick any gift and unwrap it. And that's their gift now. So it's like by chance, right? Okay. Then the second person can either unwrap a new gift and get that to be theirs. Sure. Or steal the first gift that was unwrapped. Because it's like, what do you want? Do you want a chance at something or do you want a sure thing, right? It's like, imagine that first gift was something really, really dope. And that second person is like, yo, what the hell? Give me that. Now, here is the thing that I was talking about. Okay. Now, do you remember when you and uh, you and Yaman were talking about it? And I was just like, there is a challenge component to this white elephant thing to make things more interesting. Yeah, and you just couldn't express this in I words. Couldn't, well, first of all, I couldn't You're say just white elephant. noises. <laughs> so now I'm going to take this to explain. So that part that you had just said where you can either take a sure thing, yeah. right? Or you can take the chance and uh, go for the next gift, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. Check this out, Omar. Try to you know comprehend what I'm about to say. I'm going to go slowly for all you. All right. If that one person who has the gift already, the sure thing, yeah. if he or she doesn't want to give it, this is where the challenge part comes in in White Elephant. Okay. There you go. That's it. But what's the challenge? Exactly. We come up with it. Let's get creative with it. Like people go like shot for shot, but you know, we only have like ginger ale and diet <laughs> cola. <laughs> So uh, uh, that's where that's where we can get creative with it. But I like that a little bit more. So it makes things more interesting. Okay. You know what I mean, so we'll come up with something. Maybe we'll just do like rap battles or something. I'll destroy everybody. Nah. Yeah, you probably will. I, pro- I know yeah. I would. Nah, you probably will. But then I'd be second. So it's fine. <laughs> I'll, I so I'll it. get the second best gift. I love it. <laughs> All right. So now let's get into what we actually ended up getting sure. for Secret Santa. So. Well, before we get into that, though, you actually brought some stuff, didn't you? Like, you actually cooked some things. Yeah, yeah. So, so what you bring? So, Shimpavi was graciously hosting and made a lot of the food, and it was all amazing. Uh, I wanted to help out, so I made some mac and cheese. I made, like, a southern-style uh, baked mac and cheese, and I think it came out pretty well. Uh, it was my first time doing it. Do you remember uh, what you were told? The whole thing about the uh, the breadcrumbs. The, yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> so uh, Lena was there, and she told me. She said, "Oh, you should put breadcrumbs on top." And my whole thing was every recipe that I watched where white people were making the mac and cheese, there was always breadcrumbs on top. But every recipe that I watched that wasn't by white people, no one ever used breadcrumbs. So I'm uh-huh. like, this is interesting. Maybe like breadcrumbs is just like a white people thing. And I'm essential. like, essential hashtag essential hashtag essential. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna stick off the breadcrumbs. And like the point of the breadcrumbs on top of mac and cheese is so it adds like a different texture. But I mean, if you're keeping it in the oven for like an hour and it's browning at the top already, that cheese that's at the top is already like crunchy. Right. So that's right. your different texture right there. So that was good. Um, I uh, it was my first time making it. I was using a whole bunch of different cheeses and I was just really eyeballing a lot of it. And that's one thing that I'm glad I've gotten really comfortable with. Just 
you know, tasting as you go and eyeballing. Obviously, with like a baked dish, it's kind of hard to taste as you go. But rather than sticking with a recipe, because sometimes I feel like recipes are too restrictive, Mm -hmm. where it's like you're in the kitchen, you're just stressing out because you're like, oh, I need this many milligrams of this and this many grams of this. And it's just like, man, just like taste it and just move on kind of thing, right? Like it doesn't have to be a big thing. Cooking should be easy. It shouldn't be like a stressful thing for you. So like when you, are you at that point now where you can kind of like, legitimately just feel it out like you can actually tell like oh you know what you can taste something you're like hmm this is missing some sugar and spice because that makes it nice can you actually <laughs> tell at this point are you I'm, at that I'm, stage I'm, of cooking? I'm, I'm i'm getting there if for some dishes it's obviously easier than others stuff that i've made like a lot often it's pretty easy for me to now tell where it's like okay something's off here and part of that comes with like like anything your palate is something you need to train right the same way you train for every any other thing in your life you need to train your palate so Mm -hmm. you need to like make an active effort of like tasting something be like okay i think this is too much salt or like too little or whatever it might be and often you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna get to the end it's not gonna taste good and you're gonna be like okay now i know what went wrong and like you get better at recognizing what each of those tastes mean. So, what was the biggest mistake that you made, and who was the unlucky victim? That biggest had to go mistake, um, I think. Did you ever do that thing where you like instead of sugar? You, oh, like I thought this was sugar, but it was actually salt, and you put it in. Like, oh, okay. You know what? My biggest mistake was when I was baking bread. One of the first few times I was doing it, I completely forgot to add salt. <laughs> so it's like literally. Like, I don't know why I'm laughing. I didn't even know you needed salt to make bread. It's in the one first of place. the four ingredients: water, <laughs> oh my god, water, flour, salt, and yeast. It's one of this <laughs> literally only four ingredients that goes into making bread, and I forgot one of the ingredients. Twenty-five so percent of the, it. The salt it it adds actual flavor and taste and without it it just tastes like you're eating cardboard <laughs> and and i ended up try, i tried adding the salt after the bur- dough had risen it didn't incorporate it didn't work at all and when i baked it that bread tasted awful and my, the victims were my my family they're like oh, no. oh you know what it's uh it's, it's pretty okay. good yeah it's-, it's okay i think what i ended up doing with that was cutting it up and making it into croutons but like even then it was like it was not good like the bread was just i can imagine good. you just bringing it up with your tongue out you're smiling you know you probably have your hair tied back like i worked so long for this mom and dad i really really hope you like it and out comes unsalted bread (laughs) oh man i was so disappointed in myself but since then i've never forgotten the salt when i'm baking bread oh you're the bread specialist now i guess you are the bread i've never had it but i can only imagine i i've yeah no one's ever actually like none none of the considering how much you make this bread okay to be fair i haven't made bread in like a a couple months now yeah like i've done like pizza and others other doughs and stuff like that but not not bread okay you know what i'll I'll bake some bread for everyone i get bread i know you don't i get bread not the way you dress (laughs) i can can, can tell you don't (laughs) look at me yo look at this raptor's cap you know what let's go straight into that then okay what i actually got for secret santa all right talk to me so first of all i was extremely worried and at and hindsight now i think it was pretty it was pretty (laughs) rude the way that i actually handled this entire situation why were you worried ben well one of the uh one of our friends shout out robin yeah the charlotte super fan if uh people don't know um he i was just really really hoping that um for no particular reason i was hoping that i wouldn't like he wouldn't have me mm-hmm. i wouldn't want a gift from robin why is that ben okay so here are the rules for secret santa for for everybody for everybody listening for some reason 
I'm not going to give a shout out to Zubair. He made it $50, bro. $50 for a gift. I don't like anybody worth $50. <laughs> and I have to get a gift for them. All right, so there's that. And then it was no gift cards and no socks, right? Those are the three rules, I think. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. When it's $50, it's one thing. But Robin is that guy that like... He will get, we were talking about this, Omar. He will get something that, and the price tag, it says $50, $49.99 on the dot. But you already know it's 80% off and that's what you got it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's, just, he's just that kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like, he'll get that and you'll be like, wait, Rob, this was like five bucks. He'll be like, yeah, but the original, but the original price, <laughs> price was $50. Shout out Banana Republic. Uh, <laughs> so I was really hoping, uh, you know, like I, I wouldn't get him. And I, I was really, really clear about that. Like right as Robin came in, I came up to him and was like, do you have me? I really hope you don't. And then he looked at me. He's like, I don't know. I'm like, Yo, why you? <laughs> so anyways, we're, we're all, we're wrapping our gifts now. We're, you know, like unwrapping them. Sorry. And, um, I get this. It's a very oddly shaped. You know, let me, let me break it wrap. down. So, so everybody either got a gift box. So like a, it's already in like a special gift box or it's in a box that's been wrapped Ben's gift was the only gift that was like a loose package. It was like the gift in its loose forms, multiple items wrapped up in, in, in wrapping paper. Very, very poorly. So like corners protruding out and it was squishy at one part of it and you heard noises on the inside. And Oh man, so like we were going down, right? Because I was like one of the last people to get their gifts and there was only like I think Harmeet and like like one or two other people but i knew who had zubair and i know who has like all these other yeah. so i'm putting two and two together now i'm like zach galifianakis in the hangover like just you know like at the casino scene just like putting it all together like oh my god no 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 oh god i have him he has me robin has me i'm gonna be getting a gift from robin so now i go up to unwrap my gift and you explain it really really well it's just this deformed looking <laughs> like Half disaster. Used, uh, toothpaste, uh, like toothpaste, toothpaste tube, like everything. It's like yeah, it's wrinkled. like very scrunchy and yeah. cr- like you, like when you look at it, you're thinking, oh, that's gonna go to the trash, right? Like that's not something. Yeah, you, would you know what? There's gift. no structure. To no it. structure. That's, that's the thing. It's like when you think of presents. Presents uh-huh. are like you know, like s- cubes or rectangular prisms, and they have structure to them, and like you unwrap them. Like and you stuff. can't get the length times width of this gift that I got. Yeah, there is none yeah. of that. It's just a <laughs> deformed object. So, anyways. I the first thing I do is I'm shaking it and this is when I really really got scared <laughs> because Omar and you remember this I hear it's like these it's like sounds like cereal popping <laughs> I thought I got cereal for Christmas Morose yells out when he hears the shaking he's like this man got cereal and then I yell out because of the size of this package I said, it's a three-pack from a Best Western that Robin stayed at. He grabbed the travel cereal packages. Those are really cute. Shout out to them, by the way. But, like, yeah, I'm, I'm shaking it, and I'm hearing, like, corn pops or, like, Fruit Loops inside. And I'm just like, oh, God, Robin, I know, because he's one to give troll gifts. They're really funny. Like, the yeah. gifts he does give is funny, but I was just really hoping I wasn't on the receiving end. You know what yeah. I mean? So um, I unwrap it now, and to my surprise, amazing. Like, it was such a good gift. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing that I got is this hat that I'm wearing right now. It's a Toronto Raptors hat. It's a nice black Toronto Raptors hat. It's a nice Raptors black hat. Toronto yeah. Raptors hat, which was really, which is really, really dope because I like the shape of it. You know, like the For dad sure. cap. It's yeah. awesome. 
The second thing I got was a selfie stick. Yeah. <laughs> and the way he described it was, you know, like, I know, like, Ben takes a lot of photos of himself, so. And unfortunately, we received lots <laughs> of these photos. I'm going to keep sending them. And now I have something to show my entire back. When you please hold this, please hold it at the right angle. This guy, <laughs> Ben, was using a selfie stick to take a group picture of everyone. So we all gather around. And of course, the guy with the selfie stick should hold it high and angle it up so we can see everyone. This man holds it at eye level in front of him. He just holds it at eye So no one in the back is visible. We're like, Ben, raise the stick. I mean, I'm the center of attention. He continues to hold it at eye level. So no one is visible. I was getting yelled at from everybody. I'm just like, yo, listen, this is my selfie stick, first of all. Uh, but man, like, I thought that was really cool too. Like, you know, you can tell he put thought into it, which I really For appreciate, sure. yeah. you know? And 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 what was the last uh, thing? I mean, he, he just, he got like, some candy or whatever. No, what, like, candy, what candy was it? Okay. The last thing that Robin got me, I'm sure to capture the three remaining dollars that he had in the budget was he got me Maltesers. He got you a packet of Maltesers. He got me a packet of Maltesers. But, but why Maltesers? And the reason he got me Maltesers, Omar, is because he says that I look like a single Malteser. <laughs> <laughs> the sadness in your eyes when you saw the Maltesers. That was so sad. And you're just like, man, come on. Like, come on, man. I'm not a Balteaser. <laughs> I'm a Kit Kat now. I'm not a Balteaser. This man was, Robin would say, boy, you are round and the same color and the same shape as a Malteaser. <laughs> the same shape. That's the one that hurts the most. <laughs> <laughs> the shape of a Balteaser. Oh, man. That was hilarious. So that's again, but you know what? Big like I he, afterwards he's just like you know like he put a lot of thought into, it. and I could tell like it was, yeah. it was it was a great gift. And now I know how he sees me. He sees me as the Raptors bandwagoning, the overly you know narcissistic mm-hmm. and Malteser shaped human being that I am. Yes. And yes. you know what? Emphasis that's, on the Malteser. That's exactly what I want to be. <laughs> For sure. All right. So let me get into my gift. So Cappy had. Uh, me. So he was my secret Santa. So shout outs to Cappy, uh, uh, Miami Heat, and Dwayne Wade, uh, super fan, even though Wade rigged the 2006. That is facts. That yeah, is true. And we'll have him on to discuss that at mm-hmm. some point. So Cappy had me, and uh, so I opened my gift, and it was a Philadelphia 76ers um, adjustable like dad cap. One that I've been looking for for at least two years now. Every time I walk by a lids, I go in and they never have it. Oh, no it. shit. I didn't know that. No, I, I actually, I've been looking for that specific cap for years now and I can't find it. And Cappy found it. So it was perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. And it's crazy. Like, I didn't even tell him that I was looking for this or I wanted this, but he just knew. What a cutie. So got that. He got me the Shea Serrano book about basketball. It's over there on my bookcase now. Um which is dope. I can't wait to get into that, start reading it. Uh, he's done similar books on like other topics as well, right? Like I think he's done, he's done rap as well. Yep. yep yeah. He's yep. done rap. I think I got you, you the, got rap, that one the Chase Serrano yep. rap book That's like so cool. years ago. It's so cool. Yeah. So I'm excited to get into that. And then the third unfortunate uh, thing that he got Yeah. What me, did he get you for that last, uh, the last part? Well, it's on the mantle of this fireplace right here. Uh-huh. He got me a framed picture of Joel Embiid crying <laughs> after... 
the Toronto Raptors Philadelphia 76 <laughs> playoff series. That's the funniest thing I've seen, man. Embiid, oh my god. Embiid walking through the tunnel with tears on his That's on his face. That's actually perfect. The man framed the photo of one of my favorite players and now I have it up on my mantle. <laughs> and you have to keep looking at it like a daily reminder of always, what happened. He will always be here watching over us as we as we <laughs> record our podcast now. <laughs> so shout out to Cappy for the gift. It was very, was, it was very good. thoughtful it was good yeah. from end to end, very thoughtful, yeah. and I really appreciate all of it. I'm starting to think that the gift that I got was, well, well, the person that I had was Harmeet. Yeah. And I'm starting to think with all these like thoughtful gifts, mine was, uh, I wanted to go on the troll end for this one. I yeah. wanted to keep things a little bit, you know, troll because, you know, for, we had, <laughs> after Game of Thrones season eight had finished that disaster of a tv season mm-hmm. had wrapped up yep we all you know like we were all shitting on it in the group chat right we were just talking about how bad it is and how everything about season eight was terrible how they ruined the show they ruined the entire show they, they did it. not stick the landing and it was terrible imagine if we had this podcast during game of thrones we would destroy it oh man but whatever it was terrible um but there was this one this one speck this one speck of dust within the group chat and his name is Harmeet and he always defended season eight of game of thrones and it made no sense to me and and not just defended he advocated for it by saying it was the perfect ending and he also like just threatened me (laughs) he's like ben i'm gonna kill you if you keep you up my word okay granted in his defense we added him to a specific side group (laughs) chat where it was filled with people who had watched the ending and we were all shitting on the ending and then by by then association also shitting on harmy so he had no control he was just brought into this group to get yelled (laughs) at by people it's like we're not saying things like harmy you're, st- you know, it's one thing if you get mad at someone saying, Harmeet, you're so stupid. I can't believe you're, you're so stupid. You're like, but we don't, we don't approach things like that. We're the type who approaches it like, Lamau, Lamau, you like Game of Thrones season eight? Wait, you still watching season eight? You Lamau, Lamau, all caps tagging him constantly, constantly, constantly. And that's when the we, threats came. We wouldn't let him leave. It's true. We have a very specific way of getting under someone's skin. Oh man, it's just yeah. laughing. It's, it's just, you can't it's, get how do you respond? Harmeet is, is trying to have put up intellectual rebuttals against in support of the the ending of against Game of people who are not intellectual at all. And all we keep responding with is all caps. Ha 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 ha. This man watched Game of Thrones. Ha, 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 ha. We did too. <laughs> we did too. This guy liked the ending. Ha 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 ha. I'm thinking about it man and it went for so long as well like it wasn't a couple of minutes it was a days it was a day's worth project the, the best part was the night it came out the man had work the next day and oh had to wake God. up at like 4 i remember i remember and now we wouldn't let him go to sleep no we hell would no not let him go to sleep i we kept, just kept him. messaging we kept and he, he kept coming back <laughs> he kept coming back to get back at us so for heartbeat I got, because of how much you defended, like, okay, you love season eight, right? So let me get you the box DVD set (laughs) of Game of Thrones season eight. And he said to me, he promised, he's like, man, I'm going to watch this. I can't wait to watch episode three. I'm like, I saw the sadness in his eyes and it was so worth it. Uh, Well, shout out to Harmeet. Shout out to Harmeet as (laughs) well. And his love for black and white movies, which I'll never (laughs) understand. It's 2019. We don't need to watch black and white movies. We have color. I don't know, man. 
I don't know. All right. Well, on the topic of Christmas and Secret Santa, why don't we talk about the NBA Christmas games? All right, let's do it. So I know we have given our predictions for what Christmas Day was going to look like when the schedule came out. God, months ago now, months, right? Yeah, when months. we were when we were just babies starting off this whole podcasting thing. No progress. So, <laughs> <laughs> no progress, no gains. So, let's talk um, where we're at right now. You know, let's okay. revisit some of the riveting games that will be played, like Denver Nuggets versus New Orleans Amazing Pelicans. Amazing game. That's exactly why, that's the most excited I am. It's, it's the no um, Zion Williamson Pelicans. And then the Nuggets. Who cares? Jamal Murray. I had him head out. I had him head out. Done. I'm Move so on. glad that that's the last game of the night. It's starting at 1030 Nobody's Eastern. Nobody's watching it. Literally, you you get your night free now, Not right? Not a single person yeah. is watching it. Nobody cares about this game. Denver and New Orleans. Moving on. <laughs> Celtics and Raptors. Yes. Here's the thing. Raptors are dead. Absolutely injured. Siakam is injured, right? Norman Powell is injured. There's so many injuries going on that's plaguing the team right now. So I think I initially had the Raptors going against the Celtics. Yeah. But now, man, ooh, I don't know. Bro, did you see no did you see Chris Boucher go off today? I, you know what? I yeah. just saw that for 21 points, eh? Yeah, so maybe maybe we're not as injured as we thought we were. We had the biggest comeback in franchise history today. 30 points. Yeah. Big, Unreal. Biggest comeback in franchise Kyle history. Kyle Lowry dropped 32. I yeah. think he's had a really, really bad start. From uh, um, post injury, yeah, but he came in hot this game, man. Yeah, he came in hot. Raptors, he it. Raptors are just uh, Zach Lowe put it as like one of the best storylines in this this year. But you know what it is? That thirty point comeback, all attributed to forget Boucher, forget Larry, Nick Nurse, man. Yeah, yeah. You got to give a shout out to the coach. He's so good. Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the league, and it's crazy how this would guy was... Would you actually have him there as yeah, one of the best I would, coaches? Yeah, I would put him as one of the best coaches in the league. If you look at all of the trouble his teams have given other great coaches in the league, uh-huh. would, like, we we talk about, like, these historical coaches that have accomplished a lot of things in the past, and we say, like, oh, so-and-so is a really great coach, so-and-so is a really great coach, but by that same... Uh, notion we should be giving a lot of credit to people like Nick Nurse who come in early on in their head coaching career and they could like completely turn the script on him like coach Bud was what uh, coach of the year last year right right. yeah he got out coached by Nick Nurse destroyed out coached so if we say coach Bud is coach of the year and he's a great coach and stuff like that we got to say well you know what Nick Nurse is a better coach or Nick Nurse is as good a coach or whatever that might be right Uh so a lot of credit needs to go to uh, Nick Nurse and and honestly like I and know his his record won't warrant it but he should be in consideration for coach of the year this year as well. He uh one of the best things about Nick Nurse as well is he created this culture because it starts at the top. Yeah. Right? This championship mindset that these players have. Yeah, they won, but the culture and like the uh the way that this team is for sure and how they're just they, they don't fear anything yep. or any team or anyone. And that really comes down to how Nick Nurse has coached this team. Mm-hmm. We could go on and on about how good of a court, uh, how good of a coach this guy is. He trusts his guys. Yeah. As evident, like, you know, it's, it's evident with uh, this game right here, this 30 point comeback that they had. Nick Nurse left in the guys. Mm hmm. Who are like the uh, who are like bench players, but yep. they but he let them play because they had the chemistry going, and Nick Nurse saw that, 
saw that it was working out, and now they they beat the Dallas Mavericks with that, right? Yeah. So I, I huge shout out to him, and I'll always support coaches who are willing to think outside the box and you know step out because that's how the game progresses, right? You have someone who comes up with an idea. It's like you know what? Let me tinker with this. Let me do this. Right. Let me do something that no one else is doing right now. And Nick Nurse has shown a propensity to step outside of the box and do those different things as as evident in their final series against Golden State and how he defended Steph Curry and exactly. stuff like that, right? So that is something that I'll always respect those coaches that push the envelope because that's how the sport develops and that's Plus, how we get better you basketball. You seen him on the guitar? Bro, he killed it. He kills it. This man was slapping that, bro. He was killing <laughs> Coach it. of the year right there. there so go. anyways, I got the Celtics over the Raptors regardless. <laughs> <laughs> so all that time. All right, I'm head out. <laughs> Because, I mean, to be honest, like, I, I hate saying anything good about the Celtics, but, you know, Tatum looks really comfortable in this role now, in all honesty. Like, him, and both, both him and Jalen Brown are, you know, all troll aside, like, they're really settling into their role. Yeah. And the Celtics, they're looking pretty decent right now. As of right now, and we're, we're And we're only saying this because Isom is in here right now. And he has a gun right to my head. <laughs> Isom, can you just put that a little bit? Okay. So, I don't know. That's what I think. It, they just, as a team, they're looking really good and healthy and all that. And I think ultimately health is going to be the reason why the Raptors fall. All right. Because a 30-point comeback, it's franchise history. How often is that going to happen? Brad Stevens, you got to give credit where credit is due. He is, he is still a good coach. And so, I think for all of that, I see the Celtics winning it against the Raptors. All right. Well, hopefully... Uh, nobody gets nobody watches the Raptors lose because it's the first game of the day. You know, people might be busy opening presents. <laughs> also, you're, are it's you called. thinking the same thing then? Are you thinking yeah, you got the Celtics yeah, over the Raptors? I think the Celtics will probably win, but we just need to show Coach uh, Nurse and some love. Raps love some love. All right. Well, I think uh, the depending on how injuries go, I think this might be the biggest game of the day. Bucks versus the 76ers okay. is next. So I had this uh, recent conversation with my brother. Actually, okay. he uh, he came he came over seeing for a couple of weeks, and uh, he basically asked me this question, where he was just like, "What's the most unstoppable, you know, kind of like the most unstoppable player, or like the perfect player, right? Mm-hmm. What pieces would you put together?" Like, so you said everything about my game. Uh, sure, yeah, absolutely, for sure. I just said Omar should be no, absolutely not. Um, your bread making ability, yes, nothing else. <laughs> So, you know, it's like maybe uh, like Derek, Derek Rose's athleticism okay, you know, and like Steph Curry shooting or whatever. So I said something and I'm just like, man, considering how Giannis has been making, well, threes and he's shooting a lot more now. He made five threes recently mm-hmm. and he's a force when he's driving. You know, he's great on defense as well. Yeah. I was I said to my brother, I think Giannis, if you can again, the whole jump shot thing, whatever. I think with that three point shot to add that to his game, he is the best player. You know, he has I think he would have everything. My brother said Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. which I didn't really agree with. Because he just when you're when Kevin Durant is driving, yeah, he's tall, but you can, you know, you can but when Giannis is coming towards you at full speed, you get out the way. Uh, I guess so. I mean, Durant is just 
a better scorer than Giannis could ever be. I even, agree. Even I with agree. A I think Kevin Durant is the best scorer in the like by far. Because Durant can just get a bucket at anywhere on the court, literally anywhere. It doesn't have to be a three. It could be anywhere in the mid range. Man, do you know how many times this man broke my heart against <laughs> the Cavs when he just pull up like from the mid range? I'm like, come on, man, you don't get it. Uh, of course he's gonna oh, hit it. Pull it's up just, three. It's just, oh, death. Pull up three, and then not even that. Like just driving in and then uh, pulling up for like a 16 footer or something like that from the mid range, and it, it'll always go in. And I've seen it go in so many times against the Cavs when LeBron was on the Cavs. So yeah, from a scoring perspective, I think Durant will always be better than that. But Giannis is like a very, very close to that ideal player that you're trying to describe where it's like, okay, if we took the best of all these people, who would it be? Mm. Right. Obviously they're unitaskers that can do one thing better than Giannis. Of course. But bringing it all together, like Giannis is very, very good. I don't know, man. The 76ers are in like a bit of a slump right now. They've been going up against a lot of zone defenses that's been giving them trouble. And beyond that, they just haven't been playing with the same level of intensity or like, um, I don't know, like, I hate to be that one of those guys is like, oh, you know, they didn't want it enough or anything like that. But it's like they've been late to closeouts. They've yeah. on, on defense. They've been they they have a good game plan for a lot of this stuff. Coach Brown comes up with a good game plan. But even in the words of Embiid, they just haven't been executing it well. Right. OK. They haven't been like communicating on, on defense and stuff like that. So it's been tough for them and they've like lost some games that they shouldn't have lost and uh won some games by not as big a margin as they should have been winning them by i think they just need a break like i think like the holidays will be good for them like i know it's not it's not really like a break break but it's like you know getting some time to spend with your family and stuff like that and then coming out there hopefully for christmas day i think it'll be good i think it'll be good for them i think they're going to be re-energized and hopefully if no one's injured on the i mean you know like the season really starts after christmas yeah like it's in january when the season like you know like people like players are starting to gel a lot more Mm -hmm. and um that's really how it all happens yeah so uh i mean damn like with the 76ers like I was just going to ask because I haven't really been keeping up. I'm not even sure what the scores are or how they've been doing. But uh, do you think that's like cause for concern? Like, do you do you like ideally, do you think they should have been gelled by now? Or are you thinking that no, it's gonna, still time? Yeah, for it? it's going to take some time. Like a lot of people look at the counting stats for players like Embiid and Simmons and see that like, oh, they're they've gone down or they haven't improved and stuff like that. And they use that as a way of saying, well, you know, so-and-so is regressing. He's not having a good season. But I mean, this is what happens when you have lower usage, when you have guys like Josh Richardson and Al Horford and well, Tobias Harris as well come in. This used to be just your team, but all of a sudden there are all these other players that also need the ball to do right. certain things, right? Less so Al Horford and Josh Richardson. But obviously your stats, your individual stats are going to go down. Embiid rebound numbers aren't going to be as high as when Al Horford wasn't on the team because Horford's an amazing rebounder as well. And Simmons, of course, rebounds as well. So it, your counting stats are going to go down. And I think everyone just needs a little bit of adjustment. And it, it'll take some time, but I think they'll be all right. Probably like March or something like that, you know, post all-star post when, when they finally get into that final push to get seating locked down. I think it's going to be a very dangerous team to be dealing with. Talk to me about Al Horford. Yeah. Mr. Brook form. 
because I I don't know. I remember before the season had started when we uh, around August when we had our first episode. Yeah, I was so high on Al Horford. I'm like, oh my god, the Celtics losing Mr. Brock form and the 76ers gaining it is the reason why the 76ers are, are going to be heading, uh, you know, like, uh, coming out of the East. Like I just yeah. put him so high because I know he's like the anchor. Well, in the Celtics, at least he was in terms of defense and just keeping things together. Yeah. So tell me about Al Horford and how he's been the season so far. You know, Horford, like it's hard to evaluate him right now because this isn't why they got him, right? Like they got him for the playoffs. They got him so they had good rotations in the playoffs. And I think that's where Al Horford's abilities shine the best, right? In those settings, like from a regular season player, he's like an older guy now. He's uh, He's an older player. So obviously like he has like, bumps and bruises and he's missed missed I think like a game or two recently and things like that but I think the team does well with him I think Horford and Simmons when they play together they those lineups have very good uh like very good net ratings and things like that so the team does play better but I think we're gonna see the true benefit of Al Horford in the first and second round of the playoffs when Embiid can go off and the team doesn't fall apart. Okay. So what tends to happen is when Horford and Simmons are on and Embiid isn't, that team runs a lot more because obviously Embiid is the slowest guy on the court, right? So when he's off, that team runs a lot more and the offense looks very smooth. But the defense when Embiid is on is amazing when 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 he's there to anchor it. So it it's there's always gonna be a give and take. Like Ben Dietrich, uh, he he falls the 76ers he he said it like this is a team that should build its offense around Ben Simmons and build its defense around Joel Embiid so that's kind of what they need to do and that's how they need to game plan going into the playoffs but as for Christmas Day I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the 76ers I have wow. faith I have faith I know the Hell Bucks no. I know the Bucks just beat the Lakers but I'm gonna say 76ers Hell no Bucks ain't no damn 76ers winning no damn Christmas game <laughs> Yo, I mean, <laughs> man, man's personally insulted by the by me making the 76ers. I mean, I actually just feel like uh, with the uh, with the mindset that they're in right now with the slump, I think they're gonna take this as a break. I don't think they're gonna be able like they don't really care about this game. Giannis is like he's insanely competitive. Yeah. Um, he just wants to kill. You know what I mean? Like. I think he's really, really going to take this game super seriously. And he's going to go for like 40 and like 20. Mm, unless I like elbow and beat in the face. Well, come on, man. I really think that he's going to go off. Yeah. Um. So I, I got the bucks. You know, I was just thinking about it as we're talking about them. As I know Giannis has been going like hard and all that. But like, has Middleton been like that second guy then? Like who, or are they just as a team working with Giannis, the hero? They're, they're like, working with Why are they working, yeah. like why is their standing so good? Well, I mean, like last year, they're a great regular season team. So, <laughs> you know, Coach Bud has just always put out really consistent but regular season teams. That's true, but they've lost like a, quite a few pieces, right? So I remember beforehand, I'm talking back to our August podcast, like we said that. I'm just like, well, I said that. I'm like, you know, I don't think the Bucks are really going to go that far because they lost so many, you know, like shooters and all yeah. that. But I mean, I have Rick Lopez on my fantasy. He ain't giving me shit. So like, I mean... In the end, Giannis is the best player he in the is league. The best so Giannis player, yeah. is the best player in I the league. He took another step forward, and that is enough in the Eastern Conference to get you the best record, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, the Bucks will do it, but again, we will find out in the playoffs how all this, like the true worth of the moves the 76ers made, and the true cost of the moves that the Bucks didn't make. We'll find out the true, like what all of this was actually worth in the end, 
in the playoffs because that's when stuff like that actually shines. But right now, I think Giannis alone is enough to anchor any team in the top seed. So I'm saying Bucks are going to win this. I'm yep. guessing 40, 20, and 6. Oh my God. For Giannis Antetokounmpo. And said 40, 20. And 6. 40, 20. And uh, for um, Joel Embiid, I'm thinking a nice 0 and 11. You thought I forgot. All right, on to, the, on to the next game. So Houston Rockets <laughs> and uh, Golden State Warriors. I don't think anyone really cares about this Who game. cares? Who cares? Nobody cares. And the final game, Clippers versus Lakers. Let's say everyone's healthy. Let's say Bron's back. Let's say everyone's healthy. What's happening? Oh, Clippers man. versus Lakers. You start this one, man. I need to think. Mm. I need to think. Well, I think the better team is going to win, so the Lakers will win. <laughs> So at this point right now, everybody's healthy. You still are so yes. high on the Lakers. Yes. That it's not even like, it's not even close, is it? Or like... No, no, of course. it's gonna be good. You can't ever discount like Kawhi Leonard into a lesser degree, Paul oh, George. Yeah. I mean, I can discount Paul To a Paul lesser George. degree. I'm well, I mean, come on. We've seen, I love these subtle we've like... We've seen playoff P in action. I have, unfortunately. So, so I'm not going to like put him up on some pedestal. I know he's a really great player, but Kawhi Leonard won't disappoint. Um, if everyone's healthy, I think it's going to be a really fun game. And I do think the Lakers are going to etch it, inch it out at the end. We've beaten this whole Clippers and Lakers thing to a pulp. Literally like, like every it's episode. bloody nose, black eyes, black eyed peas. Everything about the Lakers right now has been talked about. Everything about the Clippers have been talked about. So I'm going to keep this brief. I don't think there really is much worth discussing with the Lakers and Clippers because, I mean, as of right now, considering everyone is healthy... I still am super high on the Clippers for the exact same reasons as the episode before and the episode before that and the episode before that. I just see them as a complete team. I like their defense. And I think um, similar to what I said with the Bucks, with like how they just want to, they really, really care about this game. I think Patrick Beverly is that dude is going to like literally bite LeBron. Pat, Pat, bite Pat, him. Yeah, You know what? There's only one thing we're sure about. Pat Bev's going to get ejected. He's going to get ejected. Or fouled out or something like For that. For sure. Yeah. That's happening. That's the one thing we can all agree so on. So I got the Clippers. So, you know, just to round everything up, I got the Celtics. I got the uh, I got the Bucks. I got the Rockets. I have the Clippers. And I have the Nuggets. This man said, this man really gave his prediction for the Nuggets. <laughs> the Nuggets-Pelicans game. <laughs> What's going on with Zion, baby? Is he coming 2020 or 2028? What's going on with him? This man might sit out the whole season. Unbelievable. And then he's going to win Rookie of the Year next year, and no <laughs> one's going to say a damn thing to him like they did Ben it's Simmons. Because he deserved it. Because everyone no, hates, Zion, on, Zion everyone hates on Ben Simmons when he wins Rookie of the Year, but Zion winning Rookie of the Year, no one will say anything Zion, to him. Okay, let me ask you this, Omar. If you were to have, you know like lunch with somebody and you see Zion smiling and you see Ben Simmons with his Mona Lisa ass face. Who are you going to pick? Ben Simmons. Why? He looks so unapproachable. Is So uh, approachability is the key for rookie of the year? 100%. Is, is that what determines Absolutely. it? Oh. And you know I'm right. No, no, I, I, the, literally, I don't know you're right. I don't know you're right. The, sir, the exact opposite sir. of what you're saying. Sir. You mentioned something interesting uh, before this podcast. No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm going to need you to shut the hell up but continue Bro, talking because it's a podcast. These Sunday night recordings. <laughs> yeah, we got to get this out in like three hours. Eh? <laughs> you mentioned something interesting about the po- uh, before this podcast. Did I now? Shut up. <laughs> you said something about um, like a 10-team... 
just Matt can't even get the words out. Why are you laughing? Ten teams. You mentioned something about a ten team. Nah, a ten what? team. What? Ten team. What? I know that's what you're gonna say. You're so annoying. <laughs> so what I was talking about was I asked you talking ben, about Eminem and Nick Cannon. <laughs> you're just going down the whiteboard list of topics now. So what I was talking to Ben about was I wanted his thoughts on the play-in tournament. Oh, that's that's what it proposed. Is. Yes, the ten team. Yes, the. This man forgot English. Okay, quick side story. Ben, when he came back in 2014 from Bangladesh, this man forgot how to speak English. And 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 I'm not even saying that as a joke. Like, we would legit have a conversation. This was when we first year. We just moved to Waterloo. We're living on our own. Ben would come over. We'd go over and we'd just be talking. And he'd start talking. And mid-sentence, he'd just stop. And he'd be like, uh, you know, the, uh, the, and it'd be like, we're like, restaurant? And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, restaurant. Yeah, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Just like simple words, like common everyday words. This man just forgot how to speak. I was there in Bank- I was there in Bangladesh for like two months. And I only, I only communicated with grunts and pointing. <laughs> you forget things like that. You forget how to speak when you do that for so long. <laughs> this man comes and he he just forgot how to speak his the language he spoke for like eighteen years of his life. Oh, okay. I remember like, because we're just laughing really, really hard right now. Do you remember? I I remember replaying this part of the podcast like eight different times. It was the one where we're just like, you remember? You know what we should do? <laughs> Now I remember. I think it was for the Wasi one. No, okay. no, it was before that. Um, we're just like, we're going to have Nick Nurse on the podcast. <laughs> we're going to bring him in for like, you know, it's going to be a normal podcast, you know? Like, hey, Nick Nurse, it's going to be a normal podcast, you know? Like, uh, don't worry about it. It's going to be super chill. Yeah. And the first thing we ask him is like, uh, um, welcome to the session basketball podcast. Hey, Nick Nurse. Uh, <laughs> no, no. It's like, all right, so who are you? <laughs> who are you? We're joined by Nick Nurse. So, Nick, tell me, who are you? <laughs> and he's like, ah, uh, what, 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 what are you, what are you, what are you waiting for? Who are you? Why are you here? Like, you invited me in. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Okay. Play a tournament, please. Please, please play a tournament. The 10 team. The 10 oh. <laughs> Yeah, this is great. This is great radio right now. Okay, so the NBA proposed some super complex play-in tournament that I think I'm a little too dumb to understand. (laughs) But in essence, in the middle of the season next year, what they've proposed is they're going to have a tournament where it's going to... It's going to have wildcard spots to get into the playoffs. So instead of eight teams, 10 potential teams in each conference have a chance of getting into the playoffs. And I think the results of this tournament are going to yield uh, a guaranteed seed in the in the playoffs, as well as the winning team gets a million dollars for all of the players and stuff like that. <laughs> which, okay. which, I mean, it doesn't mean a lot to, I guess, some of the players. I mean, a million dollars is a million dollars, but to some players that are making like 30 plus million a year like it doesn't mean much to them i guess but for a lot of the other players that are only making like maybe a few hundred thousand because they're on like various like rookie deals and minimum contracts and stuff a million dollars might be like life-changing money for them right and their families so that it's meant to get be an added incentive for teams to play and players to play hard and stuff but basically my whole thing on this is like why like what is (laughs) why are you doing this like it's a very simple 
understandable structure that the NBA has right now, where divisions don't matter, uh, wild cards don't exist. It's literally the eight best teams in each conference, and they go up against one another. And the whole point of this tournament is to make teams more competitive in the regular season, and, and they think that competition in the regular season is what is needed to improve the sport because in the end we got to realize that the nba is a business and they're trying to improve their offering and get more people interested get more people watching get more advertising money so they can make more money because in the end it's not it's not like a charity it's a business so this is a business decision that they're considering but if your goal is to get people more interested in the sport you don't need to design some stupid play in tournament to get people more into it there are a lot of easier ways to go about it but what are your thoughts on this what are your thoughts on this in-season tournament and how this is going to work i think it's unnecessary you're right it is simple the the nba right now has an eastern conference western conference eight best teams and that's it yeah i do however because i'm just remembering the 2015 mlb playoffs with the jays and how it was with the with the wild card and all that i do like the idea of a wild card being added to the mix because you know like i was just thinking about it right now as we were talking about it like you know like no troll but like with with the lakers for example right i know i said we, we wouldn't bring them up but you know how they started off with an easier schedule, right? Yeah. Eventually, they're going to go through the harder teams, mm-hmm. but they're obviously going to have an advantage in seeding early on when they're just beginning to figure things out Yeah. with easier teams. And then later on, when things gel a little, a lot better and they're a much more complete team, then they face the more challenging teams. But I think that definitely has an impact with seeding, right? And how they're going to end off you know, with the, within the Western Conference. Okay. So my thing is, it's like, you know, for those teams that have a uh, an easier schedule to begin with and then a harder schedule to end off with, I feel like the ninth and the eighth seed, like there's some, there could be, it could be an issue of scheduling, which is why, like the ninth seed could very well be better than the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. But it's a scheduling that kind of, they started off really rocky and that's the reason why they weren't able to get back up. Yeah. That's why I was just thinking, I'm like, I do like the idea of adding a wildcard component to it because it's just another step and it makes things so much more exciting so you know, what, to what get if, a playoff position. What if instead of like this whole tournament thing and stuff like that in the middle of the season, which would be like, I mean, that's some, so, someone so tweeted stupid. it, someone tweeted it saying this tournament would be the equip the basketball playing equivalent of the nba awards show which <laughs> which is just like literally no one goes to it no one you just have to show up the people winning the awards aren't even showing up it's like the most forced thing like two weeks after the finals like why does this any of this stuff Man, matter, they're gonna right? do this mid-season tournament in like yeah. guatemala or something and they're, trying to, <laughs> they're just trying to get this they're trying to get the NBA to really be international. That's okay. what Adam Silver's trying to do. Yeah. So so quick thing on the wild card. Would you be fine with it being like the eighth seed and the ninth seed have to play it out for the position? So it's like that it's almost like the ninth is a wild card and it has to play the eighth to get into the playoffs or something like that. It's like a pre- preliminary round before the bracket exactly. starts. Like a preliminary yeah. round just to really earn that spot. And it could be like a three-game series or something, or five-game series or five something game like that. Five-game series. It's really yeah. similar to the yeah. way that the MLB does it. It yeah. just, it makes things a lot, it makes things very interesting. Okay. Okay, yeah, you know what? I'd be open to something like that, but the issue granted, is, granted, it's not like Charlotte and Washington battling it out or something. I was something. just going to say something like that, because, I mean, with the MLB, 
yeah, of course, position and seating matters and like where you are if you're number one versus, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like it's such a player's league, the NBA. Yeah. So when you have like, as you said, Charlotte and Washington fighting against and they're going to be going against the first seed. Yeah. Which is the Bucks. Yeah. It's going to be a disaster regardless. But I still think it would make things at least between the shit ass teams. <laughs> it, it'll make some things more interesting and more basketball to watch, which I'm all for. And who knows? Upsets can happen. Yeah. And upsets it, can happen. Yeah. So. And it'd be good for the those rel- those fan bases. Because like you said, when the Jays were in 2015, it's like for the city, the city was on fire, right? On fire. So for those relative fan bases, I think it'd be it'd be good provided it's not something super long and drawn out like nothing more than five games exactly that's it but but on the topic of uh, making the game more international and i guess this will be like the last thing we get into um i kind of wanted to ask like how do you think the nba can actually improve the game on like a global basis because we have 30 teams in the nba of the 30 teams 29 are in the united states and one is in canada like here in toronto and they're trying to grow the sport globally. They're, they've made an active effort in the last five years, I'd say, at least under the rule of Adam Silver, to make this a more global game. They've done international preseason games in China and other parts of the world. They've done, um, what do you call it, uh, international regular season games in the UK and Mexico. They Recently, Mexico City has a G League team that'll play in like the developmental league that the NBA has. That's so cool. But... How far can this global growth actually go? Because at a certain point, there are hard stops. Like you can't put a team in Europe that's in the NBA, the same the same league as the NBA, because of the travel, like home and away games, right? That like that just won't work. I get people the, already don't want to come to Toronto, yeah, for that very yeah. reason. Like Stephen A. Smith is hoping Toronto doesn't <laughs> get to the finals, so he doesn't have to go Shout to, Toronto, to to Toronto and stuff like that. So the travel is just going to make it too difficult and for the league as it's currently structured for that to happen. But it's kind of interesting. Like, how do you actually make it global? Because I think of, and I'm not, I don't really follow other sports all that well, but I think of like uh premier league or champions league and stuff like that. And those are geographically, um, in the same area all of those teams relatively right that makes travel and stuff like that uh easier and the games are more spaced out it's not like you have three or four games in a, in a week or something like that right but they still find a way to get fans all over the world that tune in at all hours wherever it is to to, to watch those games so what can the nba do to get more in line with that i think in all honesty like i know it'd be very difficult for the players to kind of like fly across and like go go mm-hmm. around and that could be something with scheduling i know they mentioned something about making uh like games um what's it called you know the season right now is 82 yeah. games i think they want to cut it a little bit yeah right for load management we'll get into that in another episode <laughs> but i really do think that the nba because it's such a player's league you will have people watching everywhere to see lebron james at any hour mm-hmm you know what I mean? And people, if, if it's local, like if you have like a game going on in, I don't know, Barcelona, yeah, they'll still watch it because he's still super well-known. Mm-hmm. He's a superstar. Yeah. And people will tune in from that. Yeah, That's how you gain the international exposure. Now, it's not going to be very player-friendly, but I think regardless of if the game is being played in Los Angeles or if it's being played in Barcelona, I think people from LA and everybody else around the world will still watch that game at whatever uh, at whatever hour it is obviously being a little bit more reasonable yeah and it would also gain 
more fr- more fans internationally. And I don't see why basketball can't trump a sport like soccer. Yeah. As being the most popular sport. China already loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super popular in, uh, well, Europe as well. Yeah. It's definitely getting there. There's just certain geographic regions that are just missing out on it right now. Yeah. So I can see it happening. I don't know. I think that's the way to to really improve it. It's, it's not going to be the best for players, but I think for everybody else it would be. And, you know, they could try to make it a bit easier by maybe flying in teams and having them play more than just one game in, right. like, London or something like that. It's yeah. like they, they're there for, like, two weeks, and in that two weeks they have three games and then they fly back or something like that so for scheduling purposes you can have a few teams cycling in and out over time and Uh like getting a few games in there so that'll help a little but one thing that i think the nba just needs to get done and this is this is something that i've ranted about before not on the podcast but if you want the next generation if you want people that aren't that into basketball right now to become into basketball you should have people marketing that sport and working for that sport that don't just talk down on it the current nba commentators there are too many that all they do is complain about current generation of players (laughs) there are so many like boomers that are just working like jeff van gundy does this a lot and other and other commentators are the same way they'll just be there and all they're doing is complaining and talking down oh yeah you know back in my day we wouldn't do stuff like this and you know why doesn't he just get into the rebound it's like I get it. You're skilled and things are different now than they were back in your day. But you are an ambassador for the league and the league is complaining about, oh, why aren't we getting more and more new people that aren't into basketball? Well, if you know nothing about the sport and you turn it on and the guy talking in your ear keeps saying stuff like, well, you know, this isn't any good. This isn't any good. This sucks. Why is this guy doing that? It's like... Why are you having your own people talk down? That's like walking into a car dealership wanting to buy a car and the salesman only points out the flaws in the car, right? I think it'd be good to have a token boomer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you need like, you know, like a regular commentators who are just commentating on the game. But to be honest, boomers and their oldness just, it does make the commentary more fun and interesting. So it does for people that are like, I guess, already into the sport and, and know about it. But if we're talking about global growth, global expansion, yeah, and stuff right. like that, Absolutely. people that yeah, don't yeah, know anything right. about it, if you were to walk in a dealership and you really know nothing about the car and the guy only points out flaws, <laughs> it's like, wait, I'm just not going to buy this. Like, what do, you, what do you want from me, right? I'm just not going to buy this. And you walk out, right? No, you're so, right. You're so, right. So there, there needs to be a balance. And I think that's one thing that the NBA could do. Yeah. It's like, this is a great product that is not being marketed well. Right. That that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And they need to work on marketing it well. You don't need in-season tournaments and things like that. You just need to take what's already there, basketball, this beautiful sport and what already is strong and just market it better mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think that's an easy first step that the NBA can take before they start doing stuff like cutting the regular season schedule, making random play in tournaments, 10 team or whatever it's, you it's, call it. It is weird. Yeah. It is weird. Uh I don't know. You think within the like within the next decade or so, like uh major changes would happen international on the international scale for the NBA. I think I think that's the next frontier. It okay. it needs to happen. And and We'll see how it does. It's not an easy thing. LeBron James already got started, by the way. <laughs> it's it's not an easy thing from I guess the, the 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 political issues that the NBA needed to wade through today because your own country where you primarily operate has different laws, different rules, different norms and customs than the global stage. And I guess this is something that 
America in general has been struggling with for like decades now where they realize like other parts of the world don't work the way we work, right? Mm -hmm. In all facets when it comes to like trade, commerce, conflict or anything like that. Omar, before I die, I want to see Russell Westbrook dunk in Bangladesh. (laughs) If that can happen, Adam Silver has my soul. Well, you know what? You can put forward a proposal to help grow the game in Bangladesh and maybe maybe he can set up a camp or something like that. The tallest guy being five foot eight. (laughs) And with that, let's wrap it up. Sounds good. All right. So thank you for listening to the session, a basketball podcast. Please, on whatever platform you're listening, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, or just in the browser itself, leave a review if possible. Leave a rating if possible, especially on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is go onto our page and tap five stars. That It'll take you a few seconds, but it really helps us out. And be sure to subscribe, especially on whatever platform you're listening. That way the episodes will get to you right when we release them late Sunday night as we frantically <laughs> record and edit and upload. Uh, other than that, hit us up on social media. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the session ball. You know we've uh, we've upped our production value of the content that's up there, so we have some pretty dope headliners and sound bites that you guys can check out. Other than that, we're gonna be creating more memes because you know what we're just there's so much content in our brains we just have to get it out now. and we love our content more than anybody else no, we're the only ones who like and comment so please don't let us be <laughs> don't, don't leave us alone and join us on that as well all right that's it for me ben anything from you nothing else to add but all right perfect uh and this is probably the last time you'll hear from us until after the holidays so merry christmas to everyone who celebrates happy holidays happy hanukkah Happy Hanukkah. Cheers.